viewpoint, opinion, and perspective shared on Jerry Unfiltered is a culmination of over 20 years of personal experiential knowledge and research into the unification of science and consciousness called quantum morphogenetic physics, which is a paradigm-shifting, disruptive science not taught in the mainstream public educational systems. The intention of Jerry Unfiltered is simple, to awaken, to be aware, and to be able to reclaim the original, perpetual life, human potential. Don't say you want me, don't say you need me, don't say you love me, it's understood. Don't say you're happy out there without me, I know you can't be, cause it's no good. Okay, we're here for another episode of Jerry Unfiltered. Uh, today, I am very honored to have a person that has quickly become a very close friend of mine. Uh, many of you may know him as Dr. Rashid Buttar uh, of the, uh, let's just say, uh, famed YouTube uh, channel and all your Facebook. You mean all uh, the stuff that gets taken down? All the stuff yeah. that's taken down. <laughs> so we have him here. We're at a, we're at a beautiful location uh, here in Mexico at the Quixmala Resort. So uh, I would like to introduce all my listeners to Dr. Rashid Buttar. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. So are you having a good time? I am. I'm having a fantastic time. It's amazing down here, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, so for those of you that have been living under a, a fucking rock <laughs> for the past, you know, six months, uh, you know, let me just share with you um, Dr. Rashid Buttar and uh, who he is. So uh, Dr. Buttar, uh, why don't you say a little bit about yourself and, you know, uh, where you currently reside, if not. We don't have to say that either, but you know, tell my listeners who have been living under a fucking rock, you know, who you are and what you've been up to. You know, I was just asked the same thing. I was just doing an interview with uh, the Toronto News and this lady Simone, or Toronto Caribbean News, and uh, she actually was. She kind of introduced me. She gave a real nice, brief little introduction. Then she said, "Doctor, could you, you know, just just give us a little bit more about who you are." Uh-huh. And I said, uh, you know, it's not important who I am. It's what's important is the information. And so let's just bypass that. And I went right in. So here's, here's what I'd say. If you don't know who I am, no big deal. You're probably better off not knowing who I am. The people that seem to know who I am, whenever they put a video up of ours, uh, you know, I've been told, like Luke told me, Luke's story said that yeah. I have the, uh, I, I'm, I'm known now because I'm his only interview that's been taken down that he's ever put up. Okay. Uh, Patrick, but David from Value Tainment told me, don't worry about it. He's had presidents on. He's had the mafia bosses on. He's never <laughs> had anybody taken off. He goes, don't worry about it. You know, it won't be taken off. Right. I think his, the video hit a million and a half views in the first two days, and boom, we were taken off. Yep. So pretty much everybody that, you know, I, I must be, I must be doing something. According to YouTube, Facebook, they say it's inappropriate content, but to me. Uh, if the truth is inappropriate, then I stand guilty, but I must be doing something wrong if they keep on taking the videos down. So who I am is not important. Just know 
that I'm the doctor whose YouTube videos and Facebook videos get taken down really fast. Yeah. That's, that's all you need to know. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. So look, let's just get, we will cut through the chase. What, what is on your mind today? What is on your mind right now in this moment that you'd like to share that you haven't been able to share uh, as of late? I mean, well, I know exactly what I want to share, but I wouldn't say that I haven't been able to share it because I've been sharing it in the last week or so. It's been very sure. prominent. And then I've actually bought this up a few months ago, but now exactly what I had predicted, not because I have a crystal ball like Dr. Fauci does and knowing that there's going to be a surprise pandemic as far back in 2017. Right. Not that way, but I was able to predict this based upon just seeing what the current mandates were and where this was going. So one of the things, Jerry, as you know, that they're saying that there's going to be a second wave. And right. now they're talking about the rare childhood uh, infectious disease process that's going to come out there and it's going to take millions of children's lives. And so they're talking about, you know, the necessity for this vaccination, blah, blah, right. blah. So I, I want everyone to understand, like when we had a discussion recently, I think it was like two nights ago, three nights ago, we were talking with Robert and some of the other people. So the second wave is true, guys. Don't think that it's not true. There is going to be a second wave, and it is something that is dangerous, but it is not what they're telling us. It's not COVID that you need to be worried about. It's the erosion, the systemic erosion of our rights that we need to be aware of, all right? So danger is real, but fear is where we allow that danger to paralyze us and then not take action. We need to take action. We need to recognize that danger is real, but danger should never paralyze us. And the fear mongering that's been going on is what I want to talk about. They had said that there's just going to be this pandemic and then they start doing the face mask and they start doing the social distancing. And we all know that it's ludicrous. We all know it's garbage. In fact, just now, um, two days ago, maybe three days ago, YouGov had a poll for the coronavirus vaccine and it was as high as in the mid 80% before number of people that want to take the vaccine. Right. And they reported that that poll is now at its all time low with only 42% of Americans that are now going to take the vaccine based on this coronavirus vaccine poll. So that's great. And this is exactly what we thought was going to happen because people are becoming aware. But notice how there's a greater pushback. Now the airlines are not allowing for medical exemptions yeah. they're pushing the agenda even more aggressively because Absolutely. it's a death struggle of that industry and they know this is a last ditch effort that they've got but the second wave let's talk about the second wave so here's what's going to happen when you're wearing a face mask right you're reducing the amount of oxygen your body has to suck oxygen through something restrictive right you're in a sympathetic mimetic overdrive your cortisol levels are pumping up so it's it's like you're constantly being chased by uh, a rabid dog, right? Except that you can't just scale a fence or jump into your house and shut the door. You're constantly, every hour, day after day, being chased by this rabid dog. Just imagine how that would make you feel, right? Yeah. This is what's happening to us when we're wearing a face mask. There's this fear that's being perpetuated by telling people you need to be, um, uh, so you need to maintain social distancing. You can't go to the gym. You can go to a liquor store, but you can't go to the gym, right? You, right. It's the, the most. I mean, that's absolutely ludicrous. So many stupid things that are being said. Okay, so now you've got people that are physically stressed out, that are emotionally stressed out, that are physiologically impaired because they're hypercapnic. They're retaining carbon. Uh, dioxide because they're having to suck this oxygen in, the, the air is not being able to ventilate. Correct. You know, the cortisol levels are up, their lymphocyte subpopulations are down, they're immunosuppressed, 
So these people are already susceptible to pretty much anything, not just COVID, but to any virus, any bacteria, any spirochete, any mycoplasma, any yeast, any parasite, et cetera, et cetera. So they're already susceptible. Now, on top of that, while we've been kept at our homes, what has been happening with this technology, with this 5G technology? Oh yeah, God. They're rolling out these towers. They're installing these on top of schools. Mm -hmm. So now, when the second wave comes and they're saying it's COVID-19, this is the fact. I'm gonna tell you the fact now. Forget about COVID for a second. People are gonna be getting sicker because they have been holed up in their homes. They're coming out, they're already susceptible. They're, they're more vulnerable. Their physiology is more vulnerable because they're stressed emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, financially, etc., etc. On top of that, people are gonna go running to the vaccines, which is gonna further cause insult to injury. And then on top of that, with the new exposure of the 5G on a much higher level, remember that 5G is based on 30 gigahertz to 300 gigahertz when it's fully rolled out. 30 gigahertz is 30 30 billion with a B hertz to 300 billion hertz. The studies have shown at 1.8 billion hertz, you start having cancers of the adrenal system, cancers of the brain, cancers of the heart, which are very, very unusual, mm. other, other types of neurological implications, and that's at 1.8 gigahertz or 1.8 billion hertz. When 5G is fully rolled out, as I said, it's going to be 30 gigahertz. It's going to be almost 15 times the level, just under 15 times the level of what it's going to, what causes cancer and all these different types of uh, exposures, all these different studies. There's been over 2,000 studies talking about the negative implications of some of this technology. In fact, the five millimeter waves that we are exposed to when we go through TSA, right. all right, the Russian classified literature that was published in the 1980s that was declassified by the CIA in 2012 talked of the detrimental effects of this five millimeter wave that we're being exposed to every time we go through a security checkpoint in, at TSA. But the clincher is that some of this data was actually published by the U.S. Naval uh, Division. Right. And we're talking about uh, something, I think this was 1972. Yeah, it, was, it was quite a while ago. Right, yeah. 48 years ago. So again, you, you got all this, a person stressed out physiologically, they're going out into the public where they're being exposed to all sorts of other pathogens. On top of that, they're not getting the vaccine, which is gonna cause a lot of people to get sick, to get ill. It's gonna sterilize uh, individuals. I actually just read this morning, some of the studies that came out showing the level of people that are, that are already being sterilized from some of this research that's being you know, released earlier sure so now you got 5g you've got and by the way the physiological impact of 5g how it's affecting the body it's a disassociation of the hemoglobin from the iron or the iron from the hemoglobin that prevents the oxygenation of blood it also causes a disruption of the voltage gated calcium channels thus creating an altered permeability of the cell membrane that now allows all types of enveloped viruses to get into the body, including COVID, which is an enveloped virus, but it's not just viruses, it's anything. So you've got all these three factors we have to be aware of, okay? You've got people stressed out, people getting vaccines, people being exposed to 5G, they're gonna get sick, 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 people are gonna die, and what are they gonna say? They're gonna say, we told you there's a second wave of COVID coming, and now they're gonna try to mandate a vaccine under the pretense that it's gonna save people from COVID, whereas in fact, it's their Precursors that they told us to do to prevent the pandemic, the pandemic, right? I.e. social distancing, face masks. Then they gave us the vaccines that are poisoning us and then the 5G on top of it. That's what's gonna make people sick. That's what's gonna make people die. And they're gonna say it's COVID-19, which is not. Right. And then they're gonna to try to mandate vaccines. So be aware, even though the world is becoming aware of this BS, 
they're pushing the agenda and we have to be even, we have to take our game to the next level. We cannot sit by and allow this to happen because we are literally talking about the future of mankind. We're talking about in two generations, three max, our DNA will not be the same if the vaccine is allowed to be put in because Moderna's vaccine is a first, it's never been done before. They've never had a retrovirus vaccine, okay, an RNA retrovirus vaccine, never, never commercially available. Moderna that was bankrupt, 1.5 billion in the hole, got propped up by Bill Gates. Dr. Fauci has earmarked them to get the, the, get the uh, contract for production of these vaccines. You know that they've been indemnified, so nobody can file any lawsuits against them. Moderna has never done any animal testing at all on these vaccines. Moderna has never manufactured a vaccine. In fact, Moderna has never even created any product that is consumable by humans. And then they've started doing this experimental uh, in, they're, they're giving people from an experimental basis the vaccine, but they've also told those people that are in the experimental group right. that they can't engage in intercourse because they don't want to, God forbid, they haven't said this, but they've said don't in, engage in intercourse, but it's because they don't want somebody to inadvertently have a child while they're getting tested with the vaccine because God forbid, then we'd really see what the vaccine could possibly do. But it is going to literally change our DNA. Just think about this for a second. It's an RNA vaccine. What does RNA do? It repairs DNA, right? Yeah. So this is like sticking, this is like a domino. Once this vaccine goes into our body, it's going to start to alter our DNA. And it's not just an isolated uh, change that's going to occur on the DNA. It's going to be like a domino effect. You hit the domino yeah. and it's going to go brrr, and it's going to continue going on. So first generation is definitely going to cause sterility. Second generation, it's going to alter our G DNA to the point that I don't even know if we'll have a third generation. It could literally change the planet. Our children will not have children. Okay, and our grandchildren may not even be in existence. If they are, it may be the last generation of mankind here. So we're talking about an annihilation of the human race that we, what makes us humans, we'll, we'll, we, we will not be made up of the same constituents that we're made up right now. And Jerry, I'm telling you, this is, this is the scariest part for me. Not, I, I actually only believe 1% chance this is gonna happen. I believe 99% chance we're about to come into a new period of evolution right. where the world's a much more beautiful, much more better place. But that's why it's so important for me that people hear this. When you said, what's the burning thing? I, it, was, it was a loaded question because now you told me this is what I want people to know. Fantastic. I mean, you know what, Dr. Buttart, it sounds like these powers that are at play are setting up like a massive depopulation of the human race. That's exactly what it is. So what, what, what can people do? What, what, what can, you know, the woman in, in, in London or, or, or the, the housewife in Brazil, what, what, what can they actually do to prevent this from happening? So I'm asked this question so much, you know, so often. And, and the thing is this, whatever a person can do, when a, per, when a person says, what can I do? I want people to think about this for a second. If somebody was going to come in to your house and put a gun to your head and say, I'm going to blow your brains out. What would you do? Well, they'd first, the moment they stepped on my property, they'll be met by, you know, my uh, guns, and I would not let them uh, get to that point. Get to that point. Yeah. You know, I was protected. Exactly. And so then when people say, what can I do? I want you to understand that, you know, for you, the audience listening to that, I want you to understand what Dr. Dehenio just said. They would never get to that point, and that's what you can do. You can make sure they never get to that point because when somebody's got a gun to your head, you have two choices. You have two choices. It's too late, but, but you have two choices. You can either say, 
Well, you know, um, let me go to the bathroom and you blow my brains out there so that I don't get any blood on the carpet and it makes it easier for you to clean up or you're going to resist. You're going to fight. You're going to do something, yeah. right? Those are the only two things you can do. Now, what I'm saying is, and I'm trying to simplify this, but when somebody says, what can I do? My answer is, it's like somebody's pointing a gun at your head and you're going, what can I do? It doesn't matter. Do anything. Hit them, elbow them, punch them, scream, yell, whatever, because if they're going to pull the trigger, they're going to pull the trigger. So fight, resist, do whatever it takes. Don't comply with the idiotic things. Make a stand. When you go into a store and you know they're going to make a stink, walk in there without a mask on. And if they won't let you shop, make a stink about it because there's other people around you. And you know what? There is social shaming going on, but I cannot tell you how many times people have come up to me afterwards and said, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, thank you for standing. Somebody, it just takes one person to stand up and then a second and a third and a fifth and a tenth and a hundredth. That's the thing that you can do. Whatever it is, however small it is, do it. Talk to your friends, talk to your family. Yes, they may think you're crazy, but that's fine. It's the crazy ones that change the world. It was never the same ones that change the world, okay? Because suddenly, we're gonna be not the crazy ones anymore. We're gonna be the same ones. People are going, holy crap, those crazy people were really the same people, okay? Give them resources, send them to different places, send them to this podcast, send them to our YouTube channel, send them wherever, the new pandemic movie that we just, we just watched it this afternoon. Send them there. Let people become informed because once you become informed and once you become empowered with knowledge, nobody can take advantage of you. You cannot be victimized then and that's the key. Absolutely. So tell us about more about the pandemic uh, uh, movie that uh, you were in, or you are in. Well, actually, uh, so the, we were filmed, I was the second doctor filmed, Dr. Judy Mikowitz was the first one, and then I was in May, but uh, the producer just sent me an email last night, the day before it was released, and said that they had to take a lot of things out. They actually went a total different route, so they actually traced the money and showed where the money came from, which was beautifully done. I mean, I, you know, I was shown there a couple of different times. I sent him a message actually on my phone and I told him that you know, he did an outstanding job. I said, I wish he'd got my degree right. And he goes, oh crap, I didn't realize that. He goes, I'll get that changed as soon as possible. But, um, you know, so it just, just showed me a couple of times, but, but it's not about me, it's about the right. message. And, the, and they did a beautiful job getting the attention of those people that are still following the narrative right. and erroneously following the narrative. Because when you start going through that data, you start seeing the people that are in charge of the WHO, you're gonna start seeing the background and the history of Bill Gates, you start seeing where the money was coming, where the money's going, you understand the history of the vaccination agenda, the depopulation goal, and you know what? I have put my life on the line to stand up for the freedom of people to choose. And if I, I think if somebody wants a vaccine, they should be allowed to take a vaccine. I support your right to take a vaccine. I have, as I said, laid down my life and many people have died in order for you to have the ability to be as stupid as you want and get the vaccine. In fact, you can have my vaccine, you can have Dr. Dehenia's vaccine, you can have all the extra vaccines. But don't expect me or him or anybody else to get the damn vaccine. And that's the message that I want everybody to get is that you don't have to worry about, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? anything that you do, becoming proactive. Do not give off the pheromone of the prey, give off the pheromone of the predator. Those people should know that are gonna come knocking on your door for the vaccine mandate. They should know, they should feel, before they even enter your property, they should have that eerie feeling that this is not prey that we're going for, these are the predators and let's go somewhere else where we're gonna have a less, uh, less aggressive, easier succumbing victim. And the more of us that have that predator pheromone, that have that stance that you can push anybody you want, but you're not pushing me. These toes were not meant to be pushed. 
the more of us that feel that way, they will cower. Remember, there's probably 100, 200, 500 of people that are controlling this entire narrative, all right? It's all through misinformation, and all we have to do is inform as many people as we can. I know people have um, it, had family members that have alienated them, and sure. you know, there's been a lot of discourse among family members. I've had that in my own family. I'm sure you've had that in your family. But guys, more and more, it's important to recognize that you have the power. You have that innate power, greater power than anybody realizes. And if we can harness that power and understand that we are sovereign beings, you know, we are spirits, eternal spirits. We are not humans um, having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings, eternal spiritual beings having a human experience. Understand that that power that you have is emanated from love. The opposite of fear is love. Sometimes people say, well, isn't that courage? No. The opposite of cowardness is courage. The opposite of fear is love. And love is an emotion. Yes, we know that. But love is also the source of all creation. So create a better reality. This is our opportunity right now on the planet. This is an exciting time to be alive. But this is our opportunity to change the world, to make this a better world, to make it a fair world, to make it a world that is based upon abundance and universal love, acceptance and tolerance of others that are different from us. And so this is an opportunity that we have to embrace. And I believe that 99% certainty, that's where we're heading. But it's not gonna happen with us sitting on our laurels, expecting somebody else to do the work. Each one of us has to carry more than our weight and help those that are not aware to become aware. You know, and well said, Dr. Guttar. You know, for those people that, you know, are, well, you know, I've had vaccines for since, uh, you know, like the, el the older middle age uh, listeners out there is like, oh, I I've had vaccines and, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly fine, you know, well, you know, what are in, what do you feel are in or what do you know are in these vaccines today that is so dangerous to the human? Well, let's, let's not even talk about today. Let's go back in history and let's talk about the vaccines, what they had in them, yeah. what we know, but what we thought we knew, we okay. didn't know all this stuff. For instance, what does weed killer, what purpose does weed killer serve in our vaccines? Zero. And yet we have glyphosate in our vaccines and they're saying, wait a second, where did this come from? Well, I don't think glyphosate's ever not been in our vaccines. I don't think anybody tested. I mean, why would you test for a freaking weed killer in a vaccine? Yep. But somebody tested it and they're like, wait a second, what's this doing in here? We've got formaldehyde and nickel and aluminum and mercury. Mercury is the second most toxic substance known to man. What is it doing in these vaccines? We've got mutated human cell lines. We've got uh, DNA and RNA fragments from other species. We've yes. got you know, all these things that are doing these vaccines that are acting as adjuvants. We shouldn't have any of this stuff introduced into our body. The, the implications are are beyond comprehension. And now what's happening, I think that the people that are getting really sick from some of this stuff, I believe that there was things that are introduced into our bodies. This is my belief, now I can't prove this, but I believe that there have been things introduced into our bodies over the last 10, 15 years in vaccines right. that make us susceptible to this COVID-19. But those of us that haven't had any vaccines, you know the last time I had a vaccine? 1992. Now, guess what? I haven't had any sickness. I had a little bit of a wheezing cough, but it was less than uh, uh, exercise-induced asthmatic. Right. Component, and I'm fine. Yeah, I can't even remember when I had my last vaccine, honestly. Right. And that's why the people that haven't had vaccines in the last 10, 15 years, I think we're fine. But I think they've been introducing these things into people. Right. And it's almost like, you know, you add A, then you add B a couple years later, then you add C. This is the Zika virus. This is the H1N1 vaccine and Zika, you know, all these different vaccines. They add up flu shots every year, A, B, C, D, E. And now you've got A, B, C, D, E there. 
and boom, you add that next component, it causes a trigger. But those of us that don't have A, B, C, D, E, when they, you know, even if F was added, we probably won't have anything, but I don't want F added in there. We're not gonna have an issue because we don't have all the precursors that set us up for failure. I see, you know? yeah, it makes sense. No, it makes sense. Um, wow, I mean, I, uh, you know, I hope you listeners out there are really uh, paying attention to, you know, what Dr. Buttar is sharing because it is uh, of the utmost importance and the message that he is portraying and, and sharing with humanity and yeah, take a stand and, and don't be, what do you call it, the sheeple? Yeah, sheeple. <laughs> yeah, don't be sheeple. Right? Don't be a victim. You know, don't wear that hat of being a victim. You, you have, if you have children especially, if you aren't motivated by your own life, that's fine. I'm not motivated by my life, but I'm motivated by my children's life. And if children are important to you, your children are important to you, just remember this. I'm doing this for my children. I'm doing this for your children. I'm doing this for our children because our children are our future. Without our children, there's no point. There's nothing, there's no, you know, the human race won't continue. Yep. And if we really are concerned about our children and our children's children in the future, by definition, you cannot allow the introduction of any of these vaccines because you will to almost a certainty eliminate their ability to survive in the next generation and certainly you will be contributing to their sterility so they can't contribute to the f uh, future progeny you know uh aren't you like friends with bobby kennedy jr I am. I'm good friends with him. So how, how has that relationship uh, been cultivated? How is that going? And, and, and is he, are you both uh, like on the same mission, so to speak? Uh, I think very much so. There's a number of us like that. Um, uh, Bobby Kennedy is, uh, he's, he's like the rest of us, he's given up a lot personal, professionally. There's a lot of uh, hate that has been exhibited towards him. A lot of people think he's misguided, but he's a passionate, highly intelligent person who is on a mission to uh, speak for those who can't speak, and that's the same mission that I am. And I've gotten to know Bobby Kennedy pretty well over the last year. Um, he, um, you know, I don't say who my patients are, but Bobby's already been out there in the public venue saying that I'm his doctor. So it's uh, one of those things that I've gotten to know him on a, on a different level as is well. A cool guy? Is he's a very cool guy, but he's also so, so um, intensely aware of the issues and is yeah, so I eloquent see. of being able to present the data and the research. And he's just a solid guy. He's a really good guy. I think, you know, I don't agree with all his politics. I think he, you know, he's been a, a big supporter of uh, some of the people on the left. Of, and. And that's okay, you know, just because he was a supporter of the Clintons back then, yeah. I'm not gonna hold that against him. You know, he's entitled to his opinions. We live in a free world. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I have a very intense dislike for the Clintons, but mine is based very simply because I'm a soldier and she let those people in Benghazi die without any support. And these are people that sacrificed their life. And for me, that type of stuff, and God knows how many other people that she's done that with. So, you know, I have my own beef with this, but I'm sure everybody has their own agendas, but I can tell you that Bobby Kennedy is a solid guy. And there's, there's other people that are just, you know, Del Big Tree is another guy. This is right. a solid guy. These are, these are really, these are warriors for our children. And, um, you know, I've, I, I am honored to be accounted among them. In fact, he just, Bobby just sent me an email three days ago. He wanted me to put out a statement with, and a video statement with a couple of other people. And they're going to take bits of our, all of us to give out the message of hope and inspiration in this 
period when they're going to start the mandated vaccine. We know that's coming. Sure. And that's when we're going to have to really stand up and uh, make sure that they understand there's going to be, you know, they're going to also try to coerce people by saying things like, you can't travel unless you get your vaccine, you can't um, get food, you can't do this, you can't. And that, I think at that point, we need to put that, we need to put that rabbit dog down. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that, that is going to be a shit show. I can tell you that right now. Um, so Del Bigtree's a, a, a friend of yours as well. Who, who, who are the other people that, that are, you know, in your close sphere of influence that you are on this uh, mission with? Um, there, Dr. Sherry Tempany is another fantastic uh, individual, very, very well-educated, uh, has done a lot of research using the CDC's own data. Sure, sure. Uh, of course, Dr. Judy Mikowitz, uh, I haven't been friends with her that long, but for the last year, um, you know, actually, I was, I was, uh, when I first talked to her, I thought when I was the first time I talked to her, and you know, I told her how inspirational she was. This is before Pandemic Run had come out. Mm. And she was so sweet and humble, and she listened to me, and then she said, well, actually, Dr. Tarr, I just wanted to let you know I met you. You know, she said, uh, you, your lecture was the one that stood out the most in the Truth About Cancer series, and I came up and I talked to you, and I was like, what? She's talked to me before, and you know, I, I didn't remember, because after you get off stage, and you got 2,000 people in the audience, and people yeah. come up, and I didn't know who she was at yeah. that time, so I didn't even remember meeting her. But uh, Dr. Judy Mikowitz is, is just a monumental, you know, uh, individual, just, just, um, I mean, she, she's just incredible. The level of her integrity and the um, obstacles that she overcame and, and the hindrances that she refused to succumb to and just just massive among mankind. I mean, she's just, you know, just, uh, good she's like a superhero. Yeah. yeah, you know, she's she's awesome. So all these people, and there, there are other ones that I'm sure that I haven't mentioned, but you know, these are the people that I, I'm, I'm close with and and these are people that uh, have tirelessly continued the fight and have paid a significant price in being attacked professionally and sure. losing family members. And I mean, in my own family, I've got family members that, you know, that don't talk to me. And so it is what it is. And um, I am very grateful that I am, you know, among these individuals and uh, and have an opportunity and have been given the responsibility to help make people aware and I take that pretty seriously and uh, I think I know you know that and I just I'm just grateful that these these are the people I'm standing next to because they're, they're great people I mean yeah those are some solid people I mean not like some of those other you know pussies out there Shiva uh, you know and other idiots uh, they have no idea. They should have no idea. They should have no right speaking about what they're speaking about. But uh, you know, let's 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 take it up a little notch and, and, and let's 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 raise the frequency, if you will, and let's let's talk about your experience uh, nowadays with um, things that like are that you're proud to be associated with, or or you're moving into. Uh, certain arenas, like uh, I know that you want to do something with senior healthcare. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Well, thank you for bringing that up, Dr. Dehenia. That's uh, that's a real, real uh, passionate project of mine, and we're moving towards that very quickly. And it's actually looking at those individuals in our society that have been essentially discarded. Right. This is our senior population. 
And if you go to these nursing homes and you go to these adult living facilities, and most of them are just deplorable. It's just like they throw these people into these places that just to die. And when you start to recognize a simple fact that that is one of the greatest intellectual pools that we're discarding, right? Look at the life experience of these people that have been around for 70, 80, 90 years. And if we could harness that collective intellectual pool, that raw cognitive ability that's been accumulated with all those life experiences, everything else, we should be doing everything we can to harness that experience of these people. Some of these people were, you know, 10, 15 years old during World War II. It seems like we've completely forgotten history right. and we're exactly. repeating it right now, right? It's exactly, exactly. what we're doing. Nazi Germany, this is exactly what they did. So I want to, uh, and we've got the model, uh, using life insurance policies and, and helping people okay. to get a better outcome for their health and to, to incentivize the life insurance companies from a social advancement standpoint, so from, from a social level standpoint, from a financial standpoint, from a reputation standpoint, sure. we're, giving, we're gonna give life insurance companies an opportunity to be the heroes to help to harness this cognitive pool and to give them a chance at a better life so that they can go on to live a much longer life and make it more profitable to life insurance companies because now they've got longer paying customers paying those premiums right. and they can float that money longer rather than you know get the they have to pay out the life insurance policy after two years because the person died as opposed to hey if we keep that person alive for another 20 years by enhancing their their where they live and in their medical care now the insurance company has a paying customer for another 20 years and they get to uh, have that money that they would have otherwise had to pay out in the life insurance policy, they now have that money to float, and best of all, they can be the heroes. They can be the ones who came and rescued uh, the individuals. And we're doing this with our, you know, the Centers for Advanced Medicine will be the tools that's used to help achieve this longer life. So we're, we're excited about this. And you've been, you've been uh, using these tools for like, what, uh, almost 30 years or something like that, yeah? Uh, over a quarter of a century, yeah. I've been a doctor almost 30 years, 29 years, but um, some of these aspects weren't until I was four or five years into, you know, after I graduated from medical school and then slowly accumulated many of these weapons in my arsenal. Uh, certainly more than 20 years in, in almost all the modalities. And some of these things are, are relatively new. In fact, like the Russia technology is going to be a mainstay in one of some of the stuff that we're doing because, that, you know, it's just taken to the next level. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, it, it, is, it is really hitting home uh, with what you're saying is because no one gives a shit about the elderly. And this new model that you want to uh, introduce to, you know, help these uh, individuals instead of them being discarded. I mean, that should be the standard bearer uh, uh, model uh, implemented worldwide, wouldn't you think? I, I can tell you 100% certainty that this is a sector of the population that is affecting the entire world, the real estate market for adult housing is in a deficit. It's continuous, I mean, the, the gap between the need for housing and the population increasing, and specifically looking at the gap between the elderly population housing, it's massive. It's a very underserved niche, and we know we can do a better job. We know that from the medical standpoint, we, there's nobody that comes even close to what we can offer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we're hoping that we're gonna be a publicly traded company, and so, you know, it's going to be a huge opportunity to make a lot of people healthier, save a lot of people's lives, and make a lot of money. And there's nothing wrong with making a lot of money. We know we've got the technology. We know we have the science behind us. We just now need to um, let these industries, insurance, real estate, and the senior housing market know about it. But I don't even care whether the senior housing market ever recognizes it or not. We're going to start the process on our own. 
Um, and I'm really happy that your mom is already very receptive in, in the adult living facilities that she has. And uh, you know, we've got a couple of different projects now that are uh, well on the way, different, different levels that they're getting to, but people are very excited about this. And they can see from a remuneration standpoint, from an investment standpoint, this is recession proof. You know, it doesn't matter what happens to the economy. People need housing. Insurance industry has continued throughout all the different economic ups and downs. Sure, some people can't afford uh, life insurance right. at certain points in the economy, but there's still going to be that sector that's going to have life insurance, and they'll always have life insurance. And utilizing that at least as a stepping stone, um, we can then further this offering to many, many different places. We want to have adult living facilities all over the world. Uh, I have looked at the need in New Zealand, in Australia, in Europe, in the US, and in Canada. And all the countries are following the same pattern. We're hoping that one of our first places that we're going to have uh, is going to be in the US, uh, somewhere in the south, mm -hmm. probably Texas. Uh, we're probably going to have one in Mexico, and we're going to probably have one in the Philippines. Those are the three that we're going to start off with. And uh, the model is going to, you know, once we got these prototypes up and running and people can see it, I think we're going to have, we're going to have to beat investors off with a stick because we're not going to be able to handle, <laughs> handle everybody. But it's, it's a model that is, there's no way that it can fail, let's put it that way. I mean, that's, uh, that is uh, simply amazing insight that you're sharing. And uh, you, you, you have children too, right? I do. You, you, what are you, two sons? I have two sons and a daughter. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Tell us about, you were telling me a story about one of your sons the other day about, um, what was it? It was, uh, it, it, it was about, uh, you know, the, was it the gambling the, uh, or the, uh, he was running algorithms. Yeah. Can, can you share that? It's a, it's a great story. Yeah. Avi, uh, my, my older son, he's 21 and uh, yeah, he started playing poker <laughs> in, um, when he was about, 13 years old, he learned, about, he learned how to play poker actually in math class because his teacher was teaching them about mathematical probability. Is that right? Yeah, and he started using those applications and uh, he's the one who testified in front of Congress. He was vaccine injured actually. I see. And um, so he's going to be graduating magna cum laude from the University of uh, North Carolina in Charlotte mm -hmm. this coming, not, well, he's going to be entering his senior year like Got this it. month. Got it. And uh, yeah, he's a world-ranked martial artist. He's uh, he's extraordinary poker, and he took these virtual chips and <laughs> built them up from um, 500 virtual chips, built it up to a mount, and then lost it. Went back to the drawing board, started again at around 14 and a half, 15. Started building them up, and in two years and a couple of months, uh, turned that into over 21 billion chips. <laughs> and uh, you know he's he's just extraordinary, and uh, his money management skills are just so superior. And anybody that's listening to this, if you're interested in learning about Abi and you want to subscribe to his YouTube channel, I'm telling you right now, he was just featured on the Wealth Summit. Okay, he's the only 21 year old that was featured on the Wealth Summit with all the top names in in, in wealth uh, creation. Yeah. And uh, um, Patrick, Doctor Patrick. Uh, Giampo, I think is how you say his last name, was mm. interviewing us. Right. And at the end of the interview, he said, dude, if you're just 21 right now, I just, I'm just scared to think what you're going to be like when you're 25. Right. And uh, so anyway, I don't know too many 21-year-olds that have been interviewed by the Wealth Summit, but uh, bottom line is you can go to Money Digest with Abi Buttar, A-B-I-E Buttar, or just do a search under Abi Buttar and you'll find his channel. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a better looking version of me. 
and uh, you'll find him and subscribe to his channel. You, you'll really enjoy it. And hope you do too, Dr. Daniel. No, I, I look I look forward to it. And and he runs statistics too for like uh, you know uh, financial stuff too as well, right? Yeah, he does a lot of analysis. He's actually my trading partner. Um, <laughs> you know, we do a lot of the statistical analysis. We do a lot of the uh, technical analysis in the markets that we're going to be investing in. Yep. And uh, you know, he's my we kind of have this analogy that we talked about before because his strengths are just extraordinary, but they're they're my weaknesses, and uh, my strengths are actually his weaknesses, and, and he knows that. He, he goes, Dad, you're all accelerator, and he's kind of breaking. We need that break. Right. And I said, it's kind of like the way I look at it is I said, you're the sniper sitting back up there, and I'm the grunt in the ground, and I'm going and breaking the doors, but right. you're seeing what's getting ready to happen. Exactly. You can pick that guy off before he comes you know, around the corner, <laughs> and it's a perfect uh, team, and of course, oh, you know, he, doesn't appreciate, he doesn't appreciate the analogy as much as I do. He goes, I think I get that, Dad, because he hasn't been in the military, and I hope he never serves, but I did. And so, but you know, he gets the fact that, I mean, we have a very we have a very synchronous relationship. We established a really close relationship because when he was younger, um, we got involved with martial arts, and so we both competed, you know, on the state level, national level, went on, competed at the world level, and 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 both my sons, we I have a great relationship with. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's. I'm just uh, I'm very proud of uh, all my kids. Amazing, you know, and, and for for those of you that. You know, that you, you think maybe Dr. Buttar is all about, you know, just disrupting information and disrupting your paradigm. He is, because <laughs> you all need to wake the fuck up and just, you know, like he said earlier, uh, don't, don't, don't wait till that gun is pointed to your head. Right? Absolutely. You guys got to do something about it. Don't be the victim. Because uh, if we don't do what we need to do, yeah. it's going to be our kids that are going to pay the price later on. Yeah, and, and I certainly, we certainly don't want to uh, see that happen. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're kind of uh, wrapping up our little uh, soiree, if you will. Is there, any, is there anything else that you would like to maybe say or not say? I mean, is there, you know? I mean, there is. Okay. There is actually, Dr. Henio, there is. I appreciate you giving me that opportunity. Um, I want people to record, I actually wrote about this in the epilogue of my book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. And um, I'm going to let you talk about the head map and there's a free tool that we can have, you know, everybody, they can, they have an invitation code, you can give me your invitation code. Go to advancedmedicine.com and there's a great free health assessment tool, but you'll need an invitation code to get it and the invitation code is 11, uh, I'm sorry, it's uh, 1188. Seven. Nine seven is the last two. I know that. Yeah. Okay. Is it eleven eighty eight ninety seven? I think it is. Eleven eleven eighty eight ninety seven. Ninety seven. Right. So if you do that, you'll be uh, you're coming <laughs> from the you'll be invited by the Russia technology. But yeah. there's a great tool there. But I you'll get a. I wasn't trying to talk about the tool. I was actually talking going to talk about the epilogue in the book um, in the nine steps to keep the doctor away. But they, you know, if people are interested, they can get the book there, and there's a lot of different things you can get there. But what I wanted to do was just cover the epilogue of that book. Okay. And in the epilogue of the book, and I've already touched on this a little bit, it's about fear versus love. There's two root emotions to every single thing, every decision you make in life. And they can be distilled, no matter what emotion you think it is, it can be distilled down to either fear or love. Mm -hmm. Now, by definition, anything that you decide on based on fear will always uncategorically always be wrong. All right, anything that's based on love will always 100% be right. Now, 
basing decisions on love is like the road less traveled. It's always going to be more difficult. Correct. All right. But if you allow fear to motivate your decision, you're making a decision that is inevitably going to lead you down the wrong path. And so just remember that when you're faced with the decision, is it based upon fear or is it based on love? And why am I bringing that up now? I'm bringing that up now because I've seen how you operate now. I've gotten, gotten to see you in a couple of weekends and I'm impressed that you, your motivation seems to be based always on love. I haven't seen it ever based on fear, except for when there was bugs around and then you, know, you kind of jump. But other than that, that's a different story. We won't talk about that right now. There you go. But he, the thing he, is, he asked me. <laughs> but you didn't kill the bugs. You just no, 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 right? I just um, booked it. You just booked it, right? But the thing is that when we start looking at how we are motivated, you know, when you're looking at wearing a face mask or insisting somebody else wears a face mask or the social distancing, are we basing our decision to wear that face mask based upon love for other people and love for ourselves, or are we basing it based on fear? And it's usually an un, un um, it's an illegitimate fear. Right. It's, it's an unsubstantiated fear. It's usually a biased fear. But again, every time you, you, you're having to, like somebody says, gives you information, says, watch this video, and you say, no, no, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it because I know it's just those conspiracy theorists. Is that a decision based upon love, love for truth, love for mankind, love for yourself, or is it based on fear, fear that you might see something that, oh my God, it doesn't match the rest of the bullshit that I've been fed all my life, and now I can't stand it, and I can't handle it, and so I'm gonna stick my head in the sand and say, I can't hear, I can't see. You know, which one is it based on? It's always gonna be based on that. It's, it's not based on the love for humanity, love for your child, love for yourself, love for the planet, love for others that are different than you. It's based upon fear because you can't handle the damn truth. And so that's what I want to leave it with. Wow. Um, you know what? Thank you, Dr. Buttar, for being here. Thank you for being a friend, colleague, uh, soon to, well, partner, business partner, not that type of partner. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. <laughs> but as nothing Dr. wrong with that, just not for us. Yeah, <laughs> no. As, but as, <laughs> as Dr. Buttar says, truth is stranger than fiction, but wouldn't you rather live your life in truth than a lie? Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Don't say you want me. Don't say you need me. Don't say you love me. It's understood. Don't say you're happy out there without me. I know you can't be. Cause it's no good.